I Don't Know Where to Start contains graphic and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Kimmy Fox. And I'm Stephanie Pleasant. For I Don't Know Where to Start, the podcast. When she was growing up in the Midwest, Olivia and her family vacationed at national parks every year. They piled into the car and drove hundreds of miles to parks and monuments and historic sites, great and small, from Badlands, South Dakota, to Carlsbad Caverns, New Mexico, and from California Sequoia to Acadia in Maine. Each time, she discovered a new park, particularly the remote, low-key ones everyone else seemed to forget, and Olivia would exclaim, This is it. This is the park I'm going to work at. In 2010, at 20 years old, she landed her dream job through the Student Conservation Association, an internship at Death Valley National Park in Southern California. A sharp-tongued, witty young woman with cascading brown hair, Olivia packed up and drove 2,200 miles from home to one of the nation's driest and most desolate national parks. One evening, about three weeks in, she asked her 21-year-old housemate, who also worked for the National Park Service, for a ride to a co-worker's house several miles up the desert road where she was house-sitting for the weekend. When they arrived, rather than just dropping her off, the young man invited himself in. Uncomfortable being alone with him, she said she was sleepy and feigned a yawn. He didn't take the hint. He moved towards her, attempting to flirt, she thought, and suddenly started tickling her. She tried to wriggle free, pushing him several times, but he grabbed her and wouldn't let her go. Then, to her horror, he shoved her to the floor and pinned her down. Olivia yelled, kicked, screamed, but his knees pushed harder and his tight grip held her wrists above her head. Tears in her eyes, Olivia pleaded with the man. You're hurting me, she said. Olivia, whose name has been changed to protect her identity, tells me about the incident as we sit in a kitchen table in her roomy Death Valley apartment, a mile from her old dorm as the crow flies. I didn't know to call it sexual assault then, Olivia tells me. It took a long time to start dealing with it, even though I worked at the park. I'd close my eyes and I'd see him there. Olivia's assailant sat on top of her for about 20 minutes. When he finally stood up, she moved to the couch. He followed, trying to kiss her and pull her on top of him. She was sure he would rape her, but eventually, after more struggle, he left. The moment the door banged shut, Olivia fell to the floor, sobbing. She walked in the bathroom and stared in the mirror, brushed her teeth harder than she ever had, as if trying to erase something. The next morning, Olivia took a long drive through the park's sand dunes and salt flats with a friend who convinced her to tell the park administrators what happened. So she went to the park's chief ranger and described the incident in detail. He jotted down notes and told her that she had a choice. She could press charges or let the park handle it internally. Unaware that there were formal complaint processes, Olivia said that the park could handle it and left. Two days later, her supervisor, her alleged assailant supervisor, and the park's chief of interpretation, another high-level employee, asked her to recount the incident for the third time. Afterwards, the chief of interpretation told her they had talked to her alleged assailant. It was just a misunderstanding, he said, and he would not move forward with the case. The park did agree to transfer the man to another dorm, but it took nearly a week for supervisors to act, and on the day he was supposed to leave, she found him in the dorm kitchen eating cereal. She thought she would collapse. When he finally did move, it was to the dorm across the parking lot. Days later, according to the documents obtained through the Freedom of Information request, Olivia's supervisor emailed the chief interpretation to tell him another intern had concerns about the same young man. He said, Thanks for trying to keep the rumors from really taking off. 
I'm glad to hear Olivia is getting back into a better frame of mind, but I hope she is not creating an uncomfortable environment for him if it's not warranted. Something to watch out for. The chief of interpretation encouraged her to keep quiet about the incident. Feeling ashamed, she did. She finished her internship, graduated from college, started working at other parks. This story was presented to The Atlantic um, in December 15th of 2016. Um, It was pinned by Lindsay Gilpin about Olivia, who's a National Park Service uh, firefighter who complained in 2014 about sexual harassment. You are listening to I Don't Know Where to Start with Kimmy Fox and Stephanie Pleasant. This week we're going to be talking about a topic that came up this week. However, it's actually a very old topic. It's just now getting some extra media attention. Steph, you said this week we're going to talk about a topic that came up this week. Yeah. I know. So we should say that's recently. Well, I mean, like we could just go into. um, So this topic, this topic came up because. Well, okay. This topic came up because you were listening to a Fresh Air. No, I was watching PBS NewsHour. Okay, Um, PBS NewsHour. um, Yeah, over dinner. It was a good dinner topic. Uh That doesn't sound right. And so then, what was the topic? that you were listening to? It was about sexual harassment amongst firewomen. And so these are the women that you see every summer when California definitely catches fire, like it always does. They're the women that are out transferring out to those areas to fight the fires. And this report came on about their repeated claims of sexual harassment at the workplace. It was a two-part Episode, So it was both Thursday and Friday night. And it started with um, the actual stories of the women and the things that they faced. And in the second episode, they talked about what happened afterwards and how they faced retaliation for reporting these men. The firefighting community turns out to be very male-dominated. And so... A lot of them described it as, like, a boys' club. Yes. So they were very afraid of retaliation. Mm-hmm. And that article that. was called um, Rape, Harassment, Retaliation in the United States. Oh, yeah, in the U.S. Forest Service, Women Firefighters Tell Their Stories, and it's by William Brigham. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we'll have a link to that story and the other stories that we share. Um, we kind of did some research and got some more stories pulled out, and all the links will be on our Facebook and Twitter. So if you want to read and watch these stories, they're really good. I suggest taking some time and watching them. They're not very long. Yeah. Um, so I was just going to give a little bit of background with firefighting from the article that I had read. Um, and I read a Washington Post article entitled Female Firefighter Suicide is a Fire Bell in the Night, and that was by um, Justin Juvenel. And um, a little bit of background that he included in the article was, um, first off, a quote from uh, William Metcalf, who is the former president of the International Association of Fire Chiefs. And he had said that um, firefighting uh, was a white guy's club. And that um, he also had a great quote, um, Metcalf, that, let me see where it is. Oh, okay. He said, in a surprisingly large number of fire departments, it's okay to harass and assault and physically assault women and minorities, even rape women, in our fire stations. And this was in a 2014 open letter that Metcalf had written 
um, to the organization's membership. And so then I had actually um, got a lot of this from this case I had found from a um, fighter fighter forum that was asking in 2017 that 2017 be the year that this all ends. Um, it was an August 2016 forum, and it was, oh, let me look, it was a, yes, so then it was on a firefighter forum about 2017 being the year of the harassment stops for firewomen. And it's 2018, and the PBS article came out. I think 17's not going to be the year. And so then um, in this article, it also had uh, other great background that firefighting is among the nation's least diverse professions among gender lines. In 2015, uh, 6% of firefighters were female, um, and this is from a 2008 study also said 85% of female firefighters reported being treated differently because of their gender. 65% of um, female firefighters said departments had no procedure to address to address discrimination, and 30% of females reported unwanted sexual advances. And that was 10 years ago, so it hasn't changed since that study came out. And I don't know if it's increased. And that's, of course, reporting rate. That's not... Right. Not reporting, which is something we'll definitely talk about, too. Yeah. So let's talk about those numbers. You said 85% of women feel that they're discriminated against because of their gender. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Um... (laughs) How do I feel that 85% of women in firefighters feel like in the firefighting field feel that they're treated differently because of their gender? And that, from a study that came out 10 years ago and we're still hearing about issues. Right. But do you feel like you're hearing about this before we talked about it, before I brought up the news hour Not at all. for us to discuss on the podcast? Not at all. I, yeah, I don't think so either. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly watched the PBS news hour and was kind of... I don't know, dumbfounded. There were stories of women getting raped in their bunkers while they're fighting fires and protecting people. And I just couldn't imagine. I mean, people uphold firefighting as this very brave and amazing profession where you're putting your life on the line for others. And yet there's these women who are doing it and don't feel, still don't feel safe, don't feel respected, don't feel appreciated. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it is a I think especially in the United States after 9-11, firefighters have been seen as heroes. And so then it's and treated with respect. And I think it's pretty sad that I mean, one, like you said, this is the first time 2018 is the first time that I've heard about this. And I guess I'm just once I started looking into it, it's. I mean, and I think that's going to come up a lot as we go through all of these harassment cases and discussions of, sadly, I'm not surprised, but I am just because it's not something that I've ever heard reported before until I started looking into it. And then you see forums and articles about this is the last year. This is the last time it's going to happen. Changes are going to happen. They're going to the legislature with this. And this is 2008 with the study, 2014, 2017, 2018 with this PBS. Um, Yeah. yeah. 2016 where Congress held a hearing. Yeah. And it's still 2018 and women are saying it hasn't changed yet. Mm Mm-mm. Yeah. So they had an entire investigation, which, again, didn't hear of. Mm-mm. Like, no, yeah, I mean, I've. this is nothing I've ever heard of before. No, I, I was the same way. I think when I brought it to our attention, I thought it was something that was going to, and I agree, I think maybe this will come up a lot when we start doing some of these discussion podcasts, but, you know, this stuff is getting more attention in 2018, and... 
yet I found records from a decade ago of people complaining about it, people saying they couldn't report, people resigning, people quitting, doing a job that they love because there was just too much harassment. And we'll discuss a little bit later the types of harassment, but some of it is pretty shocking to me. Yeah. I think, especially, like you said, for these people to be heroes, essentially. Yeah. Well, and I was really surprised, too, because they said a lot of the the uh, claims of discrimination, the... Um, yeah, the complaints. When they took it to a supervisor, a supervisor came back and said that there was no Title IX violation. There was no... Yeah, most of the time they would say uh, that they did an internal investigation and, mm. in fact, there was no violation. Yeah, and that the appropriate um, harassment training had occurred. I, I saw that yes. a couple times, too, so then yes. there was no base for discrimination, which I was surprised yes. about, too. And I will say, too, what's interesting about that, uh, that they say that the training was done, is that oh, in... The, can I interrupt you really good? quick? Um, just as a side note, Stephanie just took the bar, so she's a lawyer. So I'm just going <laughs> to remind everybody of that as we go into this discussion. So this is not... Almost. I'm waiting on results. <laughs> <laughs> two people who haven't, who have no idea what's going on with the law. So then, okay, um, I'll let you. Yeah, I'll I you. think the uh, good part is that I think even despite the regulations and the laws and stuff like that, I mean, we're women. We know how things work including the inability to hear. I think one of the people on the PBS really gave me a quote that just really hit me. She said she felt like she was screaming into a void and no one could hear her. She had reported it and she got a letter back saying, we did an internal investigation. There was nothing going on. The report from The Atlantic, um, again, all of these reports will be linked on our Facebook, so please go read them. The report from The Atlantic talked about one of the directors explained to Congress, it's just very hard to fire a federal employee. So most of these men were given the option to retire or move different um, into different parts of the department or get higher up jobs in D.C. So instead of these women's accusations being taken to heart and something being somebody being held accountable, these men were actually getting promotions mm-hmm. and being able to retire with full benefits. Mm-hmm. And when you say national job, you mean because these firefighters specific to your to your PBS um, documentary that you watched? Yeah, it's like a news report. Yeah, okay, to your PBS news report um, was specific to um, the national... Um, um, park service. Yeah. Oh, National Parks and Recreation. National. It's just National Park Service. Oh, okay. It's not the na- Forestry Service? The PBS talked a lot about the Forestry Service, but they're actually an element of the National Park oh, okay. Service. Um, so, and some of the stories that we have, um, so the ones from the Atlantic and stuff include all the National Park Service and how, in fact, that in- the Department of Interior, which is over all the national parks, is currently trying to figure out what to do with all these harassment claims or they have been for a decade, it sounds like, and have suggested that they're going to start the sexual harassment training. So I was going to bring up, you mentioned that there was harassment training before, but yet on the PBS service, the the second episode, the National Park Service essentially says that they're going to start this training. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to make it mandatory. So it sounds like the training beforehand wasn't mandatory. Okay. Maybe for assailants... Mm-hmm. or people that had complaints. But from the stories I read, it doesn't even seem like that was mm-hmm. the case. Yeah, and this could be more local-level or district-level fire departments that, so that it might just be different rules. Yeah, I think it kind of expands to different spots. Yeah. 
one person on the PBS on the first episode talked about how she reported in Oregon and then was no longer invited back to Oregon. So William Brigham, 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 Brigham. Okay. So William Brigham, um, also in this um, news story, mentioned that 34 women in 13 states reported um, on assault and retaliation, that one third of the Forestry Service are women. And 13% of women in the forestry service are within the ranks of um, firefighters. That sound right? Yeah. Okay. And then um, there were how many? I saw in the first one there was at least three stories of women who discussed things. Yeah, so there was... The first woman was actually a high-ranking officer. I can't. Her name eludes me at this moment. There was Abby Bolt, Michaela Myers, an anonymous firefighter. Does any of those sound right? Um, I know anonymous, and then I'm trying to think. What Michaela Myers was the first one that I saw in the transcript that talked. Oh, right. So Michaela is a younger woman, and then that must mean that Abby is that the other. Twenty girl? years. Okay. The first story was about Abby Bolt. She was a firefighter for 20 years in the field. She essentially talked about how this stuff was typical in the firefighting world and that she dealt with it for years. And she told other women to, that it was just part of the game, that you just had to get through it. Some examples of things that happened to her was people left pornography on her chairs uh, for her to see, they would le- leave threatening notes. And, of course, the, the regular sexual harassment of being talked about and how sexy she was and things like that. She didn't tend to report. She didn't... She, the way she described it as she didn't want to be that girl, the girl who reports and tells on the other men. So she didn't report for the longest time. She didn't talk about it. She just kind of, in her words, dealt with it, knew it was part of the game. Then, unfortunately, one night, she was raped by another firefighter while she was on the job. Again, she chose not to report it. The way she described it was that the only person who would lose anything would be her. It wouldn't be him at all. She would be the one who would lose her job. She would be the one who wouldn't be able to feed her family. So she didn't report it, but afterwards, she continued to get threatening emails, things that would call her a manipulator, things that would make her feel like she was crazy. Someone scribbled quit in dirt on the back of her car just to let her know that she should leave. Was that her? Was that the anonymous firefighter? That was the blonde woman. That was the... I don't know which one. I just read the article. Yeah. Okay. Someone's scribbled quit on the back of her car. Eventually the bullying got to her. She couldn't stay. She realizes now that she should have reported things. She should have told other people to report them. She shouldn't have assumed the other side or that women were lying or that they were a different type of girl that couldn't handle the firefighting. However, at this point, she's now retired from the firefighting and doesn't involve herself in that area anymore of her life. And then, I don't, did you want to tell the other ones? Or you? Oh. No. I'm going to say it's your article. Oh, it's fine. (laughs) I feel like I'm talking a lot. There's another woman who I feel like I I relate a little more to. She kept her identity anonymous. She didn't tell anybody who she was. She talked about how she was firefighting with some of her friends. 
They had gone out afterwards, her and a couple guys, got some drinks. And then she woke up the next morning. Her bunker was completely destroyed. She was fully naked. And she had been raped by one of her coworkers. Her story is interesting to me because she talks about how she really blamed herself at first. How she was upset because she shouldn't have gone out drinking. She shouldn't have done that. She knew these guys were guys. Boys will be boys. This thing might happen. It's very similar to the story we shared with you on our first podcast. Uh, My story, I spent a lot of time blaming myself for being young and stupid and getting drunk. So I think, you know, what's good about watching something like this is that I definitely identify with that same kind of shame and guilt that she was feeling enough for her to want to stay anonymous. With the anonymous firefighter, she actually reported the abuse after she thought about it a little more. She was moved out of the force. The other co-worker was not fired. She was switched. He was arrested, wasn't he? Or is that not in the... I don't know. Oh, Maybe that was additional... Oh, I was going to say, it might have been additional information that wasn't there. Okay, sorry. Oh, okay. No, you're good. I just, uh, I was going to say, you got arrested. I saw that, but I don't know. Okay. I didn't read, I didn't watch the actual PBS episode, oh, okay. so then this was in the air. Well, I'll just say, I just won't say anything about him then. I okay. <laughs> I don't know what happened sorry. to him. No, you're good. I'm just recounting her story yeah. from memory, so. Yeah, same. I just, like, that's why yeah. I had a couple notes. Okay. okay. Sadly, she faced a lot of retaliation afterwards. She was transferred to another department where she found out her story was probably not confidential. Most likely she thinks that they, someone told her. She was denied classes and unable to train. She's bullied about it. And so, therefore, she had to eventually resign because she couldn't handle being in a department where they were going to treat her as an other. And so she resigned from that department and I think hasn't firefighted both since then. Yeah, no, she resigned She's, to take another position. Yeah. The other story was about uh, Michaela Myers, and she talked about how her supervisor groped her breasts and rubbed her in her thigh, talked about how sexy she was, and he was glad she was on the force because she was so sexy. And she reported it. Um, this is while she was working temporarily in or- in the Oregon area. She reported it uh, to no avail. They didn't find anything. She received a letter that said they did an investigation and there was no abuse. She went on to her yearly job, as they only work part-time when California and Oregon are on fire, and she went on to her regular job and tried to come back when the fire season came back, and essentially she was blacklisted. She was able to get a job in California. However, at this point, the um, what she described it as the boys club of Oregon would not have her back, and they still haven't had her back. So she was kind of on this report as saying it's kind of BS that she has to put up with it um, and that she felt like she was reporting it and telling people, but nobody either nobody was listening or nobody cared. And so she described her reports as being screaming into a void and no one can hear it. And she's just yelling and yelling and no one's responding. And so then the, the common theme in that was definitely that complaints were filed but nothing happened with all of these women yeah absolutely I think the biggest issue uh, I, I guess I would bring up a couple issues one of the first ones of course being the sexual assaults naturally and this in this culture environment of masculinity and men being men boys being boys we heard a lot of times boys, boys club. club yeah 
Yeah, and this culture of masculinity just pushing this idea and furthering it and how that's actually, that's going to take more than, I think, and you can, you know, jump in at any point, but I think it's going to take more than just women complaining about it. That's going to take a culture shift. That's going to take educating young boys, future firefighters, current firefighters, that this culture, this boys will be boys, and this is an okay kind of way to be, and if you can't contain yourself, that's okay. I think it's going to take more than just, you know, a firing of one or two firefighters for, it's going to, they talked about future sexual harassment classes, and while I think those are beneficial, I think part of it too has to be, you know, this isn't okay to be that way anymore. Oh yeah, well it's so it's, it's fucking bullshit is what it is <laughs> no i'm that, yeah, I agree. <laughs> that men that in all of these all of these explanations are that well they get to be the way they are but if you're complaining you're not allowed to complain so then they can do whatever the fuck they want but if you're going to do something like i don't know complain about somebody touching you then that's not allowed because you doing what you want to do isn't acceptable them sticking their penis in you or touching you inappropriately or harassing the fuck out of you constantly is completely part acceptable. Of the fun, you know, you get, have a couple drinks, yeah. get a little raped. Yeah. Well, and I mean that's what the worst part is is that it's a little, it's having fun, but I ju- I just don't understand how somebody doesn't see it as that it's part of having the fun is that I'm going home and these women are quitting their jobs. I'm going home at night and drinking heavily and sitting alone in my apartment that I locked. I, I mean, you, you fear for your life. You fear for your safety and you're in these remote areas with people that you're supposed to trust. And instead of this team club thing you have, instead of, it, it immediately becomes us against them because they're saying, well, boys will be boys. And if you get raped in the woods, guess what? didn't happen because nobody right. heard it. Right. And it's Well, and what I think is interesting, too, is there's kind of this, like, element um, in this story that women are talking about of, like, these women infiltrating the boys' club, right? So I, I will bring up just a quick stat. Uh, it, I think it was 1964 when they actually required that firefighters start allowing women. So they did. They, you know, allowed them, finally. We, You know, one of those things. Um Along with my yeah. yeah, along with my profession of lawyering, things you weren't allowed to do as a woman for years. And so they finally allowed it. They started hiring it. Like you said earlier, there are many women in supervisory positions, yet there's still kind of this culture that women have infiltrated this boys club. Yet I have a question. Did this stuff happen before women were there? No, that's like, a good question. This this boys having fun, were they having this kind of fun? Before women were there? Because I feel like if I brought this up to them, they're going to say, no, we weren't doing that to our male co-workers. No. What's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I no. mean, no, it's a great point. You don't think that uh, men would wake up and, and that all of their stuff had been trashed and they'd definitely been, wake up, excuse me, naked and bruised and raped? I And they would go not. to their supervisor and their supervisor would be like, boys club now. I hope not. I really hope that that's not the case. But if there is someone out there like that, your story should be heard, but I want to argue that there's probably not as many as these women are coming up. You essentially said 85% of women are have dealt with some sort of sexual harassment. Discrimination in, in because discrimination. of their gender, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in this field. 
enough for Congress to say, we need to investigate this. And yet, I mean, they haven't even investigated Russia with Trump yet. (laughs) They investigated this. So, I mean, that's enough for enough situations. I just don't feel like prior to the infiltration of women, prior to us sneaking into your boys club, Mm -hmm. that this was a problem. Yeah. Or maybe as much of a problem. Yeah. You bring up a really good point with that 85%. So then the stat is 85% of female firefighters reported being treated differently because of their gender. 30% reported unwanted sexual advances. Do you think that 85% is a form of sexual harassment, but they didn't want to label it? I mean, I could totally oh, see 85% is definitely some sort of sexual harassment, but they don't want to label it. For oh, sure. I bet. For sure, I think it's some sort of discrimination that... I mean, even if you think about some of the stories that they were talking about in the public, in the PBS NewsHour, leaving pornography in someone's seat is not technically, you know, physical sexual advance. Yet at the same time, I would call it sexual harassment oh, for yeah, sure. Of course, it's sexual harassment. So, and I and I'm sure, like you know, with women filtering themselves the way that they're filtering themselves, the way that they feel like they have to in this job to begin with, the fear of retaliation, the fear of reporting. Yeah, I mean, they're going to say that that's that's discrimination, that's bullying, but maybe it's not sexual advances. But I think if someone at my job left some titties in my seat, I would consider that sexual assault or sexual harassment, excuse me. Yeah. Um, Well, and like you said, I mean, you brought up that that Abby Bolt from the PBS um, news story, she said that she didn't want to be labeled as um, one of those women. And I feel like that happens. I mean, yeah, let me highlight really quick what she said. So she talked about, and I I found this really interesting, and I'm not being judgmental in any way because I know that these issues permeate so deep that this stuff happens. But I do want to, I do think it's a good discussion topic. So she talked about when she first started, she knew that there were two kinds of girls, two kinds, I'm air quoting for (laughs) podcasters two kinds of girls in the Forest Service. Those, again, air quotes, girls, and the other girls. Well, those girls, in the air quotes, are women who reported sexual assault and sexual harassment. The other girls are girls who don't, who go along with the fun, quote, air quotes, please, twice, go along with the fun and hang out with the boys club and don't report these advances that these men are making. And she commented that she never wanted to be one of those girls. She never wanted to be one of those girls that has to, that reports these guys for doing things. And in fact, she said she introduced herself. Like, hi, I'm Abby. I'm not one of those girls. Don't worry about it. You can hang out with me to make it make men feel safer, which I just think is fascinating. Yeah. Essentially, she's trying to relieve the pressure off men who are sexually harassing these women. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on this whole those girls versus other girls concept. Reading yeah. her article, I mean, I like you said, I think that it, it goes so deeply that you so deeply. I think it's one of those things that's a protection. So she knew that her job was on the line. And I mean, I've. I haven't watched the actual PBS newscast. I I read the article that was from it and by the author. I read the transcript from the author and the story. I guess what I take away from it is, like you were saying, is that she was more trying to protect herself and her job security. And so I don't think it was an attack on other women specifically, and I don't think that's what you're saying either. Mm -hmm. I do think, though, that it was kind of a... 
I don't know if it was a way for her not only to protect them, but also to protect herself, she thought. From oh, for sure. I, I definitely she, think she thought it was a survival method. I mean, oh, yeah. she, she said she even told other girls, you know, don't be one of those girls, too. Yeah. You know, she definitely thought it was a way to keep women in a position that yeah. they weren't always allowed in. Yeah. And, I mean, she she's has a pretty incredible career in firefighting. I mean, she was there for 20 years and moved up the ranks and right. then was which raped I, and lost it all, which is so ridiculous to make that statement. Yeah, she was raped and lost it all. Yeah. Yeah, and I think she knew that that was going to happen. Yeah. That uh, she, in fact, like, didn't report the rape because she knew that that was going to happen, and yet they still bullied her to the point that she had to leave because it got to the point where she just couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah. And, I mean, that's just... You're right. Just pure insanity. Yeah. I mean, you can contrast these two people. She was able to stay on the force and get a high-ranking position because she didn't report any of these things. And then there's Olivia's story, which we shared, and she was only there for her first internship and then could not go back there mm-hmm. because he was across the parking garage. Or the woman, the anonymous woman who, after she was raped, just had to resign and move to another park and then had to resign from there because she was bullied so much. Yep. So, I mean, you can contrast these two stories and essentially that they did their job. Their job was to show you if you don't say anything... Then you can be this high-ranking 20-year vet well, of the but, firefighting. But she was a 20-year vet before she was raped, right? Because she was raped in 2012. Yeah, but she had said, like, she had never... Oh, prior to right. being raped, yeah. So she, she had, just had all these harassment yeah. things. She said mm-hmm. she had dealt with tons of them yeah. okay. um, prior to being raped. Mm-hmm. And she had dealt with all kinds of harassment and didn't report any of them. And, in fact, re- told guys that she wouldn't be that person who reported it. So they felt more comfortable, finally. So, you know, they could breathe around her, I guess. Yeah. That was a large eye roll for podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> and so she essentially said, you know, I'm not one of those girls, and then was able to stay for 20 years until this horrific action happened to her. And then lost everything, which yeah. is, I agree. I know, which is just, say. yeah. The, and but. I mean, it's a good thing it's a good point to highlight with that is that she was there for 20 years raped in 2012 and when and abby chose not to um report it or chose not to press charges excuse me she chose not to press charges and then she was basically still ostracized yeah yeah i mean still still forced out so then she was physically assaulted someone committed a crime against her (laughs) and she was still the one who faced all the repercussions for it yeah. In 2012. So, I mean, yeah. that wasn't, like, 1990. That wasn't 1967, no. like you said, after firefighters yeah, were allowed in the force. That was six years this ago. This was after she served for 20 years. Yeah. And that was six years she ago. She was a 20-year <laughs> veteran. Six years ago, had to give up her job because she had been bullied out. After being raped. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, that's, that's an important fact, too. We shared all these different stories because... This is how deep it goes. Not only is it affecting the women, but the different ways the women are being forced out. One woman just was never asked to return to Oregon. The other woman was bullied so much she had to leave. The anonymous woman was never given any training, so she essentially couldn't stay because you have to have so much training to stay on the force. So they just didn't give her classes. Essentially, and then the other woman got a report back that said, there's nothing wrong. Just Mm -hmm. go back to your job. Mm -hmm. 
And so what's interesting to me is how different these issues are despite being the same issue. So it's sexual harassment, sexual assault, it's rape. And yet, and all of these women end up losing their jobs, but in a different way. Yep. I mean, there's a varied way about, and and they are, they're different areas. We talked about, you know, it's kind of local as in, you know, just the Oregon firefighting. And Mm -hmm. then there's, you know, the stories from California. And then there's the whole fire service. And then there's the whole National Park Service who's saying, you know, each of these levels. And now the Department of Interior is trying to figure out what to do. So it's literally going from, you know, the most minute group of firefighters all the way up to the Department of Interior facing these issues yeah and well i mean essentially what you just said is if you get raped you'll get fired for it yeah no, i mean yeah. regardless or, if yeah. you report because if you get raped you'll lose your job yeah whether you have to quit or whether you're fired yeah you'll or whether you're transferred and can't get training yeah so they're not saying it's your fault but it's your fault <laughs> right but you will get punished for it yeah for being raped yeah for being raped yes yes that's the rapist in, gets to retire. I get 2012. Yes. Yeah. And well, and it's 2018 yeah. coming out on PBS News Hour. <laughs> yeah. So last yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then um, so then another repercussion is um, the story that I was discussing earlier from the Washington Post. This is about Nicole Mittendorf with the Fairfax County Fire Department uh, in Maryland. This story again. Um, this is an article by Justin uh, Juvenal. On April 13, 2016, Nicole called in sick and had sent text messages to her family and then disappeared. And her body wasn't discovered until a week later in the Shenandoah National Park, and she had hanged herself. And the um, death was ruled a suicide. And um, after that came out, there was a lot of uproar in the community because anonymous and sexually aggressive messages about Nicole had previously been posted on um, a web forum, uh, Fairfax Underground. And so many had um, blamed her treatment in the fire department and those anonymous and um sexually suggestive messages as um, part of, as contributing factors to her mental anguish and eventual suicide. And um, one of her female coworkers had actually come forward and said that she had been harassed for years as well and had filed a suit against Fairfax or a neighboring fire department. Let me find her name because it's important to say their names. Uh, Patricia um, Tomasello. Um, had also said that she had reported. So she had filed a suit. The county responded saying that any and all harassment claims were handled properly, and so then the suit was dropped, basically. But and this was a separate person. This is So uh, this is the Pat- Patricia woman? This is, yeah, uh, Tomasello. Tomasello. Yep. Well, she filed a separate one, and it was just dropped. Well, her suit was... <laughs> this is ridiculous. And again, like, Nicole committed suicide. Right. Well, nothing came of what um, Patricia is about what I'm about to tell you what happened with Patricia's suit. And then three women that you previously discussed who were raped all basically got fired. So in Patricia's suit, she alleged that um, she was subject subjected to unwanted sexual advances, passed over for promotion and ostracized for reporting an incident involving male firefighters on a truck with Hooters waitresses. Okay. And the county responded and said that all of those harassment claims were um, properly handled, and so she didn't have grounds for a suit. All right. Let's clarify. She was on a truck with Hooters? She witnessed this occurring. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And she was reporting their touching of other Hooters girls? <laughs> or of herself? It didn't. So this, these are all separate incidences. So she reported harassment, and then she also reported an incident to superiors about uh, an incident with firefighters and Hooters girls on the fire truck that sounds like in any form would be inappropriate. Yeah, but I think so. I don't have hold um, of what that report was. Yeah, the al- alleged Hooters and firefighter situation was. Yeah, um, not sure what, you know, job task that is, but... yeah. <laughs> Not that, you know, I'm not bashing you for Hooters Girl, but I just don't understand why you... No, I'm... Um, yeah. <laughs> That's not the part of it I'm yeah, interested in either. Maybe it was a parade. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was a mean look Kimmy just gave me. No, that was a glare then. Okay, so essentially, Patricia reported to no avail. Sadly, her friend, Nicole, uh, committed suicide because of the same sexual harassment issues in the same county. And the county said, argued that there was nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that after, an, I assume after their version of an investigation, that there was nothing to be found. Yeah. They said that all county employees are required to participate in training regarding sexual harassment and hostile work environments. Um, and allegations of harassment are taken seriously and fully inges- investigated. Well, so let's talk about this. I mean, essentially, we've talked about that these firefighters could lose their jobs that they could be pushed out of a profession that they love. But we haven't talked about it. I mean, there are serious reper- repercussions for sexual harassment and sexual assault, um, which sadly, in this case, resulted in a suicide. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting to you know note that these women are losing their jobs. But on top of that, I mean, it's rape and sexual assault and sexual harassment that they have to deal with every day. And a lot of times still work with these people. Like the Olivia story I told you, she the guy moved across the parking lot. What? The suit yet hasn't been dropped for um, Tomasello, excuse me. Okay. Yep. I just wanted to clarify that. Okay. So she's currently in suit yeah. for this issue. Well, in 2016 Hopefully. she was, so this is at the end of the article. Oh. So well, I don't know. Hopefully we played that that played out well. Uh, <laughs> if anybody wants to shoot us an email and tell us how that turned out, that would yeah. be fantastic. I'm gonna guess nothing came of it though. But <laughs> I'm starting to see a quick theme. (laughs) Uh, If we want to go ahead and throw out the theme there, uh, someone gets sexually harassed or assaulted or raped. They lose their jobs or continue to get harassed and assaulted after work um, and sadly debate ending their life. That's kind of the theme that's going on. Not the happiest theme. No. And yet they still try to protect this boys club essentially most of the stories we hear are about trying to protect the men's feelings well they're heroes case. stephanie not the women not the women i was like wait a minute no just the men <laughs> just the men yeah. um and they don't want their feelings hurt yeah. and they shouldn't you know just jump to the gun and report these things after being raped, they shouldn't jump to the gun. Uh, yeah, no, I don't agree with that. <laughs> what about I'm years of sexual disclaim. harassment? Still don't jump to the gun. I'm go ahead and disclaim that you should report them. Yeah, I know it's hard, and believe me, I didn't report mine, so you you know can take that with a grain of salt. But at the same time, uh, I'm of the mindset now that I would definitely report them if someone was um, you know grabbing yeah. their boobs at work. I know. And that's what sucks is that they do report them and then they and then the women get fired. Yeah. I yeah. Oh, I can't, I can't drive that home enough. <laughs> um, yeah. And then on I guess on top of that too, 
you know, they talked about another kind of thing, result of this stuff, too, is they talk about just feeling crazy, being gaslighted by these men. Oh, yeah. To feel like that they're absolutely crazy. And they talk, I know one woman just said, like, she she felt like she was telling them what was going on and they were just blowing it off and blowing it off and you start to think, am I crazy? Am I just making this up? Is this not an issue? But in reality, I mean, you can, and, you know, correct me, jump in at any time, but (laughs) I think if it crosses your boundaries, if it makes you uncomfortable and it's inappropriate for the workplace, you're not crazy, you know? And we know, you know, calling women crazy is or making women feel crazy is a common technique to get women to be quiet about things. Oh yeah, women over exaggerate things. Yeah. Um, what is it? Our generation is too PC, and that's just everybody, I guess, and yeah. of the millennials and Z. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, being sensitive. We're overreacting. Always overreacting. Yeah. Yeah. To everything. Yeah. Um, it's just humor. You need to find it funny. Um, yeah, you don't, you don't have, have a sense, sense of humor. humor. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Um, you take it too seriously. It's just fun. Yeah. And, I, and I'll say that I think in this case, those things have permeated through this entire podcast. Oh, yeah. I think we have talked about the boys club and having fun and not wanting to break up the fun, not wanting to upset anybody. And for reporting rape. <laughs> for report, yes. Let's disclaim this is all for reporting rape and sexual assault and sexual harassment, and you know not being a party pooper, essentially. For reporting rape. For reporting rape. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, I think I, I think what's interesting is that all this has really permeated, and you can see the detrimental effects of it. So you can't stay at your job. Unfortunately, Nicole can't live. Mm-hmm. She can't spin day to day anymore. She's gone. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but I mean, it's not setting an example of having these men arrested or reprimanded in any form beyond paid leave. Um, just kind of shows that just, it's that anybody can do it. Yeah. So then, and I think that adds the, to the crazy feeling. For I was sure. gonna say. So then, when you know, two nineteen-year-old firefighters or however old you are when you, I don't know how young you can be, come into the Olivia field and one's twenty-one and he was or twenty and twenty-one. Yeah. So, so then, if two come in and one's a man and one's a woman, and he's saying that he can treat women this way and and can do whatever he wants, I mean, that's pretty much your preparing somebody or excuse me you're you're loosening those boundaries on what's appropriate and non-appropriate and as supervisors or somebody needs to take fucking responsibility is what i'm trying to say no I, beyond these women who are trying to report and nothing's yeah, coming of it like, feel like they're yeah. screaming into a void yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no i thoroughly agree i think um, podcast name screaming into a void <laughs> yeah right uh that would have actually been pretty accurate um <laughs> I I think you're totally right, and I think um, if I was going to say anything, you know, to podcast listeners, I I think this is a call to action. I think teaching boys that boys will be boys culture is not an okay thing. It's not okay to push yourself against women and tell them you're just having fun and get mad at them when they reject you. That stuff's not okay. And I think second, a call to action of women to take a step back and say, am I perpetuating this? You know, I'm not... Like I said, I, I don't judge any women because I know how deep this goes, and it's very possible. You know, I have two brothers. It's very possible I perpetuated this at some point. 
But at the same time, you know, we need to realize, like, pull yourself back and say, am I telling women not to report rape and sexual harassment and not to be one of those girls? And if I am, should I be? Should I just, you know, not, you know, should I be more supportive of these women and attempt to help them when I know what's going on, especially like when you're in the environment that you're in? Is it safe for you to be another person that they're afraid of? Oh, yeah, I would totally agree with that. This goes so deep that you almost don't even think about it, you know, like, and I think it took, you know, for example, that woman who did call them those girls, it took her, unfortunately, getting raped to Mm -hmm. realize that, you know, those girls are still her. Oh, yeah, definitely. That all victims are still victims, and they all need to work to try to protect each other or work Mm -hmm. for each other, because the assailants aren't going to I was going to say, and that's what sucks, is that, I mean, unfortunately, at this point... It's not going to change, so yeah. Exactly. And I'm and as These much as I hate to see that side. you don't want to, you don't want to see when um, someone tells women that they need to like take responsibility for themselves. I hate that. I hate yeah. that so much to be told like you need to take responsibility for yourself. Um, like use yeah. pepper spray, and it's like no nah, rapists need to take responsibility for themselves. Don't fucking yeah, touch me. Exactly, and that's why I think you know my first call to action is to say you know this needs to quit being perpetuated. You know, mm-hmm. like. To male listeners who think this is okay, female listeners who think this is okay, it's not. Just stay in your bubble. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. It's, it's it's not okay. And this culture of it feeling like it's okay, it, it's time for that to end. Yeah. And it's time for you to stand up when, when this is happening to a woman or a man. Like you said, this it, while these stories are female-dominated, we found a lot of stories from women. If this is happening to men, too... Let your story be heard so that we can argue the same point for you, that there's got to be someone there to protect you. And it's not going to be the assailants. No. It's It's, going to be other victims. Yeah. Or maybe eventually the law. And hopefully one day the (laughs) law. As a lawyer who thoroughly (laughs) believes in the rule of law, I really hope soon it will be the law. Hopefully tomorrow. Does the law do that? And if it does Does come out the law, I will make a whole podcast about... How happy I am. <laughs> Does the law protect you from rape? Yeah. Occasionally. <laughs> uh, there's like, it's like kind of, an, it's kind of like a, no, it's not. It's awful. But I I will always be of the side that humor, I don't know, makes it easier. You know, the topics that we're dealing with are not easy. You say and with a straight face. Humor makes it easier. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like. I looked dead, dead faced into the yeah. microphone. Yeah, you're wearing all black, and you uh, stared at me yeah. and did your radio voice of humor, humor makes humor makes this bearable. Yeah, thank you for listening. No, I'm just kidding. That's kind uh, of was that Bullwinkle? Humor makes this bearable. I've never heard Bullwinkle say that. Yeah, well, he has more of a look. You can make this bearable. Okay, see, that's not... <laughs> that's how not, you sounded. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're not doing this in Rocky and Bullwinkle yeah. voices. That would be... I bet like, I could get my That would be a down. little insensitive, but I'm sure people will say we're insensitive about anyway. Boris Turns and out Natasha? Hates you. Natasha, <laughs> Boris, and... I, I think Natasha. Okay. Yeah. All right, follow us on Facebook at... I don't know where to start at facebook.com and follow us on twitter at i at 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 symbol I'd i just say at. <laughs> people know what twitter is i don't know what people know 
We might have some viewers I who just got a Twitter. I know. People Twitter don't know what rape got, is. Twitter so. just got re-popular yeah, thanks me. to Trump. So Congress doesn't know what rape is. Exactly. No, Legislation yeah, doesn't know say. what rape is. <laughs> I don't know if ever. I don't even know if a lot of people know what rape is. I, I don't. I'm not gonna say I. You know, I know. I'm not doing an episode on that. No, we're not gonna talk. Yeah, we're not gonna talk about what is rape. Um, that's for your parents to explain. Um, (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's right along with the sex top. God, you know, that would probably be a better talk of, like, what's... Yeah, Like, sex top and then what is not appropriate What is not sex talk. Yeah. That's actually something that (laughs) That would actually be You really should start having the sex talk and what is not sex talk. Did you both consent? Sex. Yeah. (laughs) Did at any point one of you stop consenting? Not sex. (laughs) Did one of you start and then decide they didn't want to do it and you still continued? Not sex. (laughs) Did one of you start and the other never consented in the first place? Yeah. Is one of them passed out? Not sex. <laughs> I do think maybe if we're gonna throw that as a third call of action, you know, have the not sex talk. It might be a good. Might oh be my a good god, one. that would be such a good have talk. A, have a good sex talk and a good not sex talk. Yeah, because it's yeah. not sex. So it's I love. Sex. I honestly love that. So, like not yeah, sex. Yeah, yeah. If that should be our our third call of action. <laughs> Yeah. And on that note, if you want to give us some pointers on how to have not sex talks with our pets, because we have no children. Then please follow us on Facebook at I Don't Know Where to Start and follow us on Twitter at IDKW, the number two S at Twitter. Or you could just go, I don't know where to start in the search bar and be, you know, linked to our Twitter account. Yep. And then you'll be linked. Additionally, you can always email us your stories and your thoughts. If you'd like to be featured on our podcast, please email us at IDKW2S pod pod at gmail.com we are currently taking submissions for stories to share on our podcast we want people's stories to be heard and to be documented so that we can continue to have this discussion after 2018 and hopefully it won't just fizzle away like these firefighter stories and then come back occasionally on news um radio So please contact us if you're willing to be featured on our podcast. You can remain completely anonymous. Uh, We additionally also have a submission by written form. If you're more of a writer than a speaker, we can have you read it out. Um, We can do whatever will make you feel comfortable and be able to um, document your story in real time. Uh, So please email us if you're willing to provide a story for us on the podcast. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next week. And we are recording, I think. Yep, we're recording. Except, do you see anything? I don't see anything moving. It's moving now. I know. What is that? Can it hear us? I think it's going slowly but surely. It's getting there, and then it's going to go to the next chunk and spit it out like that. Okay. Do you want to see if that recorded? Yeah, I can see the line. Is that okay? Oh, duh. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was looking for. So we're good? Yep.